May you please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, and your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, so upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. But unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat, of, eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou retire unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Now Adam called his wife's name Eve, she was the mother of all living. And to Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil, and now, lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Brother Alex, can you please pray for the son? Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words. Um, please uh, uh, give us the ear to listen, the words, and uh, the future of Brother Eden, please fill in the spirit, and we just want to pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys, uh, Genesis chapter 3, I'd like to focus specifically on verses uh, 17 to 19 here. So, Genesis three seventeen, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And the title of my sermon today is Hard Work is Good for Us. Hard Work is Good for Us. So, um, Genesis 3, what fa famous passage, one of the most well known chapters of the Bible probably, and, and 
Obviously, Adam and Eve there have willfully, they've chosen to sin there. Now they've tried to blame it on the serpent. They blamed it. Adam's tried to blame it on his wife. But really, they've chosen to sin. They've now got that knowledge of sin. The, 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 the choice has been made. Now, have a look at verse 17 again. And under Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. What does for thy sake mean? For your benefit. For your own good. Now, why does it now benefit Adam? Why does it benefit Adam? And why does it benefit mankind? That the ground is cursed, that, that he has to now bring forth out the sweat of his brow. Well, we live in a society, don't we? We live in a society that does pretty much, I would say, glorifies it. Almost, it does, in fact, idolise the easy life a lot, a lot of the time, doesn't it? And we see, it, it's used a lot of the times, a dangling carrot. We see that the advertisement, or at least the encouragement of getting an easy job, an easy life. The 40 hours a week, nothing biblical about the 40, 38 hours a week, working week. And I'll tell you what, that works when, two, when, when a pair of you work. When a, when, a, when a husband and wife work, but 40 hours a week's pretty tough. That's pretty tough to provide for a family on. 40 hours a week, biblically, there are 12 hour working days, six days a week. That's 72 hours a week. That's a, that's a lot different, isn't it, to the 38, 40 hour week. So the husband and wife working. Now, when the husband and wife work, a lot of the time, yeah, they, they, they don't have to work quite so hard. When you've got your kids at school all day and you're at a job, I tell you what, that's a lot easier than being at home providing for a, for a hard-working man and homeschooling however many children as well, raising young children. Um, the free school really helps with that. Before, at the beginning, the schools weren't free, were they? And you had to pay for tuition for your kids. Now, they started bringing in the free schools, if I remember right, in this country. It was for the factory workers, wasn't it? They brought in the free schools so that people could work then and both husband and wives could work. Now, the free school makes it easier. The after-school clubs... Now, you've got both sides of this in this, in this country, I've noticed. You've got the more wealthy. You've got the more wealthy. Well, maybe maybe the husband has a good job. And maybe, maybe he does work longer hours. And maybe the wives can afford not to. But a lot of the time, it's, it's the gym life for the wives. And, you know, you see the, at the school gate, the wives in the lycra. And a lot of the time, they're probably not going to the gym. It's just to look like they are. But, but a lot of the time, they are. And, and, and they have quite a life of leisure. Kids drop off at school, six hours, seven hours, seven and a half hours, do what they want to do. Up to them, put their feet up, coffee mornings, you name it. Um, you've got, obviously in this country, you've got the, the constantly, that the great holiday, the holiday. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the, the Bible gives us days, weeks, especially in Old Testament. There, 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 was, there was a precedent set for times to rest and relax. But it wasn't after your little 38-hour week where half of it spent putting your feet up, doing not very much. Oh, we really need that holiday now. That, and then on, as well, there's a promotion of the get-rich-quick so that you don't have to do much. So early retirement, the national lottery, the, the you're going to find some family heirloom and, and the rest of that. And, and now you've also got the opposite side. So then you've got the flip side, where you've got the, the opposite end, where you've got the, more, the poorer in this country. And, and very rarely you see people in real extreme poverty. But the poorer, where you've got the benefit system. Now, the benefit system is a bit of a trap for many, because it encourages people to not really want to get a job. Because a lot of the time, they get in a council house trap. So they get a council house, and then if they start working... Eventually, they're going to lose a council house. They don't really want to lose a council house. They don't really want to get working. So then they need to justify why they can't work. Now, there are some really easy ways. I've known people that do this. So the mental health one is a really big one. It's an easy one. So, so what people do is they go to the doctor and say they're feeling depressed. And that's really, as we know, you can't, you can't physically test for that. I'm feeling depressed I've, or I'm suffering with this or that. Then not only do they get job seekers and the, and the, and the, and the, and the free house, but then they also get disability benefit. And disability benefit is actually really good money for many people. So when you're at that opposite end, it might not be compared to the people that are really high-flying and rolling, but you've got as well this trap where it's, well, I'm receiving two, 250 pounds, whatever it is now a week, on top of a free, free place. 
as long as I don't work. So you've got this bizarre situation where people don't actually want to go to work because then they're going to lose their disability payments, they're going to lose their free houses. And it makes me think a lot of Proverbs 22.13, don't, don't worry about turning there, the, sloth, the slothful man saying, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. And the thing is, it, get, it, it's, it becomes this kind of vicious circle where because of the laziness, because it starts to set in the slothfulness, the excuses start coming out more and more. Why you can't work? Why you can't get out of the house? Why you can't do things? And, and that's at the opposite end. And, and for sure, that I think it's promoted, it's pushed. We, and, and we are all, we've all grown up in this society. Many of us have only been saved for a certain amount of years, maybe even more recently than that. And it's something we have to break away from, this encouragement for laziness. And we've all been conditioned by it to some degree. Now... In, how did God want things to work? Because there are poor, but there are people that can't actually provide for themselves, for sure. There are widows, there are people that have had whatever circumstances, there are the sick, there are the infirm. There are people that do actually have real problems. Well, in Leviticus 23, in fact, go to Leviticus 23. God's welfare system, mm -hmm. Leviticus 23. And verse 22. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest. Neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now God's benefit system was that people with wealth, people with land, they would leave a certain amount. They wouldn't do that second, that second crop, that second gleaning, and they would leave that for the poor. But, but notice how they still have to go there and gather. It's not just sat, they're not just sat at home waiting. That's not how it works. Now, sure, there are people that really need help, and in a, in a what should be a godly society, like Old Testament Israel should have been, then, sure, true religion is to look after the fatherless and widows, and, and people that literally can't even make it, they should be looked after. But still, it, the majority of those should be able to go somewhere and still have to work to some degree for their food. Now, like I said, there are you know, we've all come from different backgrounds. There have been mistakes made in life. Um, they're, they're, you know, we've all come from and, and situations, things which we, maybe we can't even help. And we're all in different situations. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, shouting out at, at anyone in particular here. No one's on my mind when I'm preaching this either. But, oh, just quickly as well, one other point. Kids as well. Have you heard this stuff where people try to say, oh, they've got to have their childhood? I, I don't know, we used to hear this a bit. We're, we're talking about kids doing chores. Oh, let them, let them be a kid, let them be a child, let them have their childhood. <coughs> what a load of nonsense. Kids want to work. And again, it gets beaten out of them. Because from young, I mean, my little two-year-old, he's just turned two. Charlie, he loves nothing more than to go and get you stuff, than to help. And they're all the same, aren't they? They love nothing more. And as they get older, and it's not just the conditioning, it's Sid as well, that, that they start to want to do less. Maybe they don't. You want to keep them where they do. Because I tell you what, you ain't going to turn a switch when they're living on their own. You ain't going to turn a switch where they're old enough to need to help you out in the house. Suddenly they want to do it. You want to encourage it. Encourage it from young because we have to work in life. God said that we will work, that we will toil. Now, number one, my first point about why hard work is good for us. Hard work leaves less time for sin. Hard work, when you're busy, it leaves less time for sin. Okay, what happens when you have too much time in your hands? Turn to 2 Samuel, in chapter 11. 2 Samuel, chapter 11. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon, and besieged Rabbah, but David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman, woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her, from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. Okay, verse 1 there, verse 1. 
Okay, David <coughs> sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel yeah, to destroy the children of Ammon. He should have been leading that. He was the king of that nation. He should have been there. So number one, David should have been leading his people into battle. This isn't when David's older and he's becoming a problem being out in the battle. David's perfectly capable here. Okay, verse two. Verse two, look at verse two. It came to Boston Eden time that David arose from off his bed. This is the evening. This isn't night. This is the evening that David's lounging around at home on his bed. Okay? So it came to, came to pass in an evening time that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. So he's bored and he's having a wander on the roof. Yeah, he's just like, not really got much on. I've been lounging around in bed. Maybe he can't sleep. So he's probably sleeping all day, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming here. But he's not doing much, is he? So he's walking around and he starts walking upon the roof. Now, I'm going to talk about evenings and night times in a bit, but a lot of the time, that's when a lot of sin takes place, isn't it? Evening time. Evening time when work's over. Okay, so he's wandering about on the roof. Okay, verse 3, and David, uh, sorry, uh, back in verse 2. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and a woman was very beautiful to look upon. Verse 3, and David sent and inquired after the woman and said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of the lion, wife of Uriah the Hittite? So... It should have been the end of it, shouldn't it? The second he saw her, that should have been the end of it. But as James 1 says, and again, don't, don't worry about turning there. We're going to go through a lot of verses today. Verse 14 to 15 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It shouldn't have been conceived in the first place, should it? And you can see how it becomes its chain, chain of events. Okay, verse 4. And David sent messages and took her, and she came in unto him. By the way, he's just been told it's a wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messages and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. Okay, that was wicked. That was absolutely wicked. Now, David is a great man of God, and we can sometimes read this stuff and almost give him a bit of, you know, he's written so many beautiful psalms, and, and what an amazing person David was. And we can look at that and just kind of gloss over it a bit. But that is absolutely wicked. He shouldn't have even entertained the idea. He shouldn't have even been looking. He, the second he saw that woman, and by the way, what, what is she, why is she washing in view of anyone? Maybe it was only the king's house. Why is she, and when I say washing, I, I don't think she was washing fully clothed. I doubt. Why is, she, why is she doing that? She has some responsibility, but what David did was absolutely wicked. Now, like I said, women do have a responsibility too. Notice there, there wasn't in David Baltering and Forster. There was no forcing. And some people have tried to suggest it's nonsense. There was no forcing. There's no recorded objection there either. Now Bathsheba, I, I don't know. I don't know what she was like. But all I do know is that according to the Bible, she was out washing herself where she could be viewed by at least David, maybe more. So she, she's showing at least parts where she, she, she has some part to play. But David, that is absolutely wicked. And it, it is a dis that is disgusting. That's another man's wife. Okay, that, that is absolutely wicked. Now, like I said, that came from the laziness. But let's just talk about this sin for a second. If you turn to Leviticus 20. Now, we love turning to, and, and sure, you know, maybe love isn't the right word, but we, we are, you know, we know Leviticus 20.13, all of us pretty much here off by heart, don't we? And, and for good reason as well, because there is a massive movement and a massive push of that disgusting, filthy sin. But... How many of us talk about Leviticus 20.10 a lot? Look at Leviticus chapter 20 verse 10. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbour's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Shall surely be put to death. Now, yeah, we don't live in, in Israel anymore. We're not calling for people. We're not saying we're going to be putting anyone to death. But a righteous government would. And it might sound, oh my, I think how many of this population would be put to death. But I tell you what, so many of them wouldn't be committing sins like this with that threat, with that hanging over their heads. And, and you know what? It destroys families. It destroys families. It destroys people. It destroys so many people. It destroys society. And, and this is another thing that got pushed on us for years through the Holly, through Hollywood through through people in the public eye and, and it's there's nothing new under the sun i'm sure it's it's been the case for for ever since but i tell you what it is absolutely <coughs> wicked jesus expands on this doesn't he in matthew 5 28 says where he says but i say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart 
We should not even be looking on a woman like that. And, and when I'm talking, when we're saying looking on a woman, yes, it is majority more of a man problem, this, and we are all wired different. But, but that just the surface part, the looking on a woman's beauty. Men generally will suffer with this more. But women do, do have to, there are women that suffer with this as well. And either way, it's absolutely wicked. And you shouldn't even be looking, you shouldn't even be entertaining the idea. It is a horrible, horrible sin. It, like I said, it destroys families. It's wicked. It dis- and men who, who have families, even worse. And, and yeah, the society accepts it. Well, not here, not in this church. Not, not amongst Bible-believing Christians should it even, should there even be the idea of tolerating anything like that, any sign of it. Now, the world's version, isn't it? The world's version of Christians is some effeminate sissy who, who is just going to kind of plead with his wife and sit down and discuss terms with the man who's basically thieving, trying to thieve his wife off him, or vice versa, um, or, 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 sorry, or, or people trying to women trying to thieve husbands like it's just going to be disgust and everything else well i don't see that so so i see if in genesis 2 it says that we become one flesh then it's physical assault isn't it is it physical assault when someone's trying to steal your wife or someone's trying to steal your husband and by the way i'm not preaching because anything's going on here but you know what it goes on at so many churches stuff like this it is a problem, and we see it in the world. It's massive. It is massive. It is a big problem. And if it's physical assault, which it is if you're one flesh, it's a violation of yourself and it requires self-defence, doesn't it? I see it requires self-defence. Now, at the least, they're trying to thieve off you, aren't they? They're trying to thieve off you. Anyone who thinks about that sort of thing is a thief as well. And, and what does it say in Exodus 22, 22 If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die. There should no blood be shed. I'm not saying to everyone here, right, make sure you kill me, but I'm saying, you know, that you you defend your property and you defend yourselves and you're one flesh and, and this isn't the sort of place where, where we're just gonna put up with that sort of thing. And any sign of it as well. Any sign of it as well, nip it in the bud. And, and you know how to deal with that is to have to have good boundaries in place. Have good boundaries in place from the beginning. And we should have that at, at this church. There shouldn't be private times, should be times where men are on their own with women and, 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 and stuff like that going on. Because, because, you know what, it's such a problem in the world. The great man David committed adultery. So don't everyone think, you know, you know take heed, take heed that he who thinks he standeth lest he fall. Because, you know, we're, we're, at the end of the day, we're, we're weak men and, and there are weak women around as well. Now, adultery isn't the only sin that is committed when people have too much time in their hands. With David, it was in the evening, wasn't it? And now, now t- I'm, I'm assuming no one here is, is thinking about adultery in the evening. I don't know, because, you know, I, I know a lot of stuff goes on when, when people aren't at work, when they have their downtime. And now this is the thing, isn't it? People say, well, you've got to have a chance to be you. What about a time, I was talking to someone recently who's asked me about Bible reading and stuff and, and, and study and things like that. And it's a, someone who I'm tr- I'm, I've been working for a while, someone I've been coaching, who's a friend, I'm trying to get him saved. And, and you know, he's trying to, for him, he's thinking, well, if I do, I'm going to have to then live like him. And, and I'm not, you know, he's just asked me, he's just interested in what I do in the evening and stuff. And, well, what about time when you're you? When you're, now, we should delight in the evening, shouldn't we? That, that's the time when I am me. When I get a chance to read my Bible, to meditate on Scripture, to study the Word of God, that's amazing. That's a great time for me. Now, I'm not saying that has to be either work or study, because there, there are other good things. But those good things to do, those times when we relax, when we enjoy the time of our family, good food, fellowship, etc., that doesn't have to be sinful. For many people, when they talk about that time, your downtime or being you, it revolves around some sort of sin. For example, the junk movies, watching movies, watching series. How much time does that rubbish take? How much poison does that put in your mind when you're sitting there watching one after another? And everything's are addictive, aren't they? When you watch one, suddenly you've watched six and it's whatever time in the morning. And I remember that from when I watched stuff like that many years ago. That stuff is junk. Worldly music. People sit at home, listen to worldly music, start listening to more and more worldly music. Now, by the way, the Bible says that, that people not only do the same in Romans, but have pleasure in them that do it. Don't they? And you're listening to these sodomites, to these God-haters and everything else with your music, watching them on the, on the screen, watching them in their series. What are you doing? You're having pleasure in these people. YouTube. Now, people might think, well, 
nothing wrong with it. I, I pick and choose. What are you doing? Half the time, they're just scrolling through all this junk video, all this unclean stuff, wicked things before, before your eyes again. When you have your downtime, when you have your time, when you're not busy. <coughs> Conspiracy. Nothing wrong with being aware. Nothing wrong with looking into things. But how many people are going to the point where they're then in fear? Where they're now sinning because they're just spending all night looking at all these conspiracies, all these things. They're not good for you. They're not, they're, that's not what we should be spending our time meditating on. The latest conspiracy, the latest thing that's going to go wrong. Alcohol and drugs. Evenings, night times in general. You know people have a real problem when it's daytime as well, but they have a problem anyway. But, but how often? How many people? Oh, I'm all right, it's just in my evening I like to smoke a joint or whatever it is. Whatever it is. And again, I hope no one hears like that, but... But the world's like that, and there are Christians like that. Oh, they, have a, they only have a glass of wine in the evening, every evening. You know, oh, well, that's my evening. That's okay. Smoking. A lot of people, oh, I, I won't smoke throughout the... Oh, I, I could get by without smoking. As soon as they have time on their own in the evening, suddenly they, they've changed smoke five cigarettes, six cigarettes, they've got nothing to do. They're wandering about on the roof, finding something to do. Gluttony. What about gluttony in the evenings? How many people can eat... Well, throughout the day, gets to the evening, and they're stuffing their faces with junk. And it is, it's that time, they've got nothing to do. That biscuit cupboard looks empty now, doesn't it? And, and, you know, we've all, we've all suffered from some of these, I'm sure. We've all, we've all dealt with some of these. Gambling, gambling as well. A lot of people will, will sit down when it comes to the evening, maybe they're playing a bit of online, whatever it is, roulette, something else. It just seems that popped into my mind, thinking about the, the downtime, being you, relaxing sin. And that's what it is. It's sin, isn't it? All this stuff is sinful. As well, maybe you're sitting there, maybe you're doing none of that. Maybe you're sitting there just alone with your thoughts. But what are your thoughts? Are your thoughts about how you, you can uplift yourself? You can be this certain person. You're going you know, to show everyone how good you are, whatever else. Because a, a lot of sin comes from your thoughts. The thoughts of foolishness. How many people are sitting there just thinking foolishness in their downtime? Now, turn to 1 Timothy 5. Well, I read Ecclesiastes 5.12. Now, Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The sleep of a labouring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So the sleep of a labouring man is sweet. When you work hard, when you graft, and that's, you know, let's say when you have busy days, women here, mums, dads, men, when you're out grafting hard, is it, is it really that hard to get to sleep? Now, I know, you know, maybe, maybe, that, maybe it is for some, maybe you need to look at, maybe those, those of you that are drinking coffees all night and everything else, but really, when you graft hard, I don't see that problem. A lot of people that, I just can't sleep at night, oh, I just end up sleeping the day, they're people that, that are doing nothing all day. They do nothing all day, and then they can't. Oh, they're sitting at home staring at, at the TV screen. Just can't get to sleep. Well, their eyes are like this. But the, the sleep of a labouring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer the sleep. These rich people that are doing doing hardly anything all day, it's hard for them to sleep, and they find it hard to sleep. The lazy man finds it hard. Okay, look at First Timothy five, and verse nine. <clears throat> Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score years old, having been the wife of one man. Well reported of for good works, if she had brought up children, if she, had, if she had lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, if she had diligently followed every good work. But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. And withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Okay, look at verse 10 there. Okay, well reported. So this is talking here about, about widows being taken being either taken on by the church and basically supported by the church, or whether or not they should marry and continue to be working hard in other things and back to, back to working hard for their husband, for their families, uh, or new families there. So it's saying, let not a widow be taken into the number under three score. The score is 20 years, so under 60 years old, having been the wife of one man. Now, these are ones which are taken, it, taken off. Well reported off for good works. 
if she had brought up children, if she had lodged strangers, if she had washed the saints' feet, if she had relieved the afflicted, if she had diligently followed every good work. So she qualifies, she's able to be taken on as a widow and to continue being busy for the church if she showed a pattern of busyness. She showed a pattern of hard work, okay? Then she's able, then she's able to be taken on by the church and not just end up being a busybody, like it says further down, doing nothing, being idle. Verse 11, it says here, but the younger widows refuse for when they have begun to wax wanton. So basically, they become, become carnal against Christ. They will then marry because eventually they, they haven't shown that pattern. They haven't been busy because... Being busy actually takes some training. And that's what I was talking about with kids as well. You've got to start people young at hard work because you're not just going to flick a switch to be able to do it. And Amen. all of us have to train to be hard working because the flesh doesn't want to. The flesh doesn't want to and the world encourages you not to. We have to train in it. We have to make sure we're hard working because it is for our benefit. As sinful people, it's for our benefit to work hard. Okay. Having damnation because they've cast off their first faith. So, so obviously there they, they, they basically are going to get damnation. They're going to get, and that's not talking about going to hell. These are saved people. But they're going to get chastisement, aren't they? Because they basically, they just cast away God. Because they become lazy, because now they've started thinking about husbands again. Okay, verse 13. And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but tattlers also, busybodies, speaking things which they all not. Right. They learn to be idle. They learn to be idle by being idle, by not doing much, by doing less and less. They then learn to be idle. In the same way, you can learn to be busy, you can learn to be idle. Tattler. Okay, tattler is a talebearer. So they're going around gossiping. Busybody. So they're meddling in the affairs of others. And this is, a th now this is more now, we've been talking about some sins of men. This is stuff which is especially affects women a lot more, doesn't it? And again, you, you get a crossover with both of these. But that, that, that kind of started in gossip a lot more, you know, getting involved in other people's business, telling people about other people's business, trying to find out, just wonder what they're doing now, what this is, things that are completely none of your business at all. And that happens when you're not busy. When you're not busy, what are you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? What, what, are, what are ladies doing when they're not busy? I hope they're doing godly things. I hope when they've got the time, it seems that productive... And sure, there's, there is a time to relax. You know, there's a time to enjoy the labour of what you do. And let, let's just go to that quickly. Ecclesiastes 2. Because I don't want to go, everyone to think, right, that's it. I've got to work literally until I go to sleep every night. Have maybe my one day off if I'm lucky. There is a time to enjoy your labour. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 22. For what hath man of all his labour and of the vexation of his heart wherein he hath laboured under the sun? For all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labour. This also I saw that it was in the hand of God. Now, there are many people that, and again, a lot of the times focusing on money, they literally work themselves to the bone because they just want to get richer and richer and get more and more, but they never actually get a chance to enjoy it. Eventually, they're just going to die with a big bank account and, and leave a load of money for their kids. It probably isn't going to do them any good anyway because they're probably going to learn not to have to work and not to have to graft either. So yeah. there, is, there is, I know when they want to think, right, that's it, I've just got to graft, work, 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 and there's a balance to it. But on the flip side, when you have too much time on your hands, we see here, we, we, we see, back to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 5. They learn to be idle. And in verse 14, I will therefore that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now, that's a busy job. But if you're not busy doing that, and there are times, there are times when it's busier than others. If there's a lady, you're not busy doing that. Well, what did it say? What did it say back in verse 10? Well, reported for good works if you've brought up children, if you've lodged strangers, if you've washed the saints' feet. If she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work, there are other things you can add to your plate. If you're not busy enough at home, if you're not busy enough with what you've got on, if your children maybe are older or whatever it is, there's many other things you can do that to make you busy, but not wandering about trying to find things to fill your day with. Because if you're at that point, the sin's going to creep in. 
Because that's what happens. The sin creeps in when we're not busy. Okay, so my first point was hard work leaves less time for sin. And there's many places we could go for that, but for the sake of time away. Number two, hard work benefits you, but it benefits you as well. Not just, not just about sin, it benefits you and those around you. Hard work benefits you and those around you. Look at Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter three. <laughs> and verse seven. Second Thessalonians, just before Timothy there. Chapter three and verse seven. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labour and travail night and day, that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if, we, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Amen. Okay, now, like I said, I don't know everyone's situation here. I don't know, you know, what, what, you know, what, I don't know most people's lives, you know, what, 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 what they're doing away from church. And I, I, I appreciate as well, this isn't Israel 3,000 odd years ago. But the Bible does say, and by the way, that wasn't 3,000 years ago, but talking about when we're talking about Israel's their, their um, benefit system there, how that worked. But the Bible says that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So if you're not working as a man, you shouldn't be eating. It's not for the, for the government, i.e. everyone else who's working, to provide you food for you. That's not how it works. If you're not now, there are times, there might be hard times and lean times, there's times when people are out of work, etc. But you should be trying your hardest. You should not be relying on other people to provide for you. So, and, and by the way, let's talk about men, neither should he eat if, if he doesn't work. But let's talk about women as well. In terms of, I'm not talking about going out into the workplace, because you know what, you know, I believe what the Bible says, what we just read, that women should, should marry, guide the house. Yeah, that, that for me is, is a biblical relationship there. But like I said, there are many different situations. Now, if you're a woman that, that maybe things have happened in your life, you're not able, I'm not saying you have to go out to work necessarily, and, and we don't have necessarily the situation in Israel or with the church where the church can then provide for you as a widow or, or, or something similar. But on the flip side, you need to be grafting hard, whether it's for paid work or not. You need to be busy. And, and women, wives especially, if you're, not, if you're not working, you're not working at home, you're not really doing much, sending your kids off to work, maybe you're getting in the cleaner because you've got a bit of money. Maybe you're not really doing much. Maybe your husband's getting takeaways a lot. Maybe they're doing the cooking as well. Maybe you're doing very little. If you're doing very little, neither should you eat. If you're not working, you're not grafting, you shouldn't be eating. And of course, we're talking about adults mainly here. But I would say kids, as you get older as well, if you're not working around the house, you're not grafting, why, you, why should you eat either? If you're able to do stuff, you should be doing stuff. That's life. That, it's for our own good. It's yeah. for thy sake. It's not a hardship. We have to train ourselves to enjoy work, to want to work, to want to graft. It's not a bad Amen. thing. We should be working. Um, in 2 Thessalonians, see verse 8 here. He said, but walk with labour and travail night and day. Night and day. Get men especially here. Get away. Oh, I just can't provide for, you know, my wife's going to have to start earning extra money at home. We're going to have to do this. Work more. Work more. Get a night job if you, if you can't do the hours at your work. Work more. It, it's 38, 40 hours. It's just set up to have two people working. And, and, and we're able, we're perfectly capable of working more. Work longer hours. Work. Now, there are, if you're able, if you're earning well in that time, in that other time, work with other things. Help your church, help yourself, help your family spiritually. Amen. Work at the scriptures. Work at raising your family. Work at these things. But don't just use that time to do, to do sinful things. Don't use that time to do nothing. Yeah, have, have some relaxing time. But have some relaxing time doing good things, righteous things, fruitful things. things. Spend time with your wives, with your kids. 
not just sitting around, lazing around, doing nothing. And by the way, when we talk about women working hard, how can you, if you do a cushy job, if you even do a job, or, or, or you do a job where you come home, you, you do your 38, 40 hours, your feet are up, you're doing absolutely nothing. How can you then say to your wife, you need to work if you want to eat, while you're doing nothing all day? And I, I don't think there's many like that, but there's a, there's a temptation, because it is throughout the world, there are guys who've got their wives doing everything, and they're doing absolutely nothing. But on the other hand, there are women as well, whose men are going and working, working hard for them, and they're coming over, and they're seeing them as a help. They're seeing the man as their help meet for them. And, and what did Genesis, is it Genesis 1 or 2, he said, he says, he says that, that for the woman, he's made, that it's not good for a man to be on his own, so he's made woman, he's made a help, and meat is suitable, fitting for him. Okay, it's not a bit of meat that's helpful. And some people like phrase it like that, they call them a help meat, but, but it's not, it's a help meat for them. Okay, and, and that was why women were made. Now, helping us to raise our kids is helping us. So I'm not saying they literally need to be following you around at work, you know, passing you the screwdriver, whatever it is you're doing. But on the other hand, women, their ultimate, their primary role is a help for men, and that's a help looking after the house, the family. And, and if, we're, if men are working hard, then you should be able to expect your wife. And it's not, you know, that has to come for, for love as well, because really you want them to be busy for their own good. It's for their own good. Yeah. It's for the good of your family. It's for the good of you. It's for the good of themselves. But you need to be busy as well, because you need to lead by example. Um, night and day. Now, work also includes helping your parents' kids. Work includes helping your parents. You know, it's a hard job being a parent and, and, and for the men working and coming home and helping out the parental jobs as well for, the, for a lot of mums and women all day. Kids, you need to help. If you're not grafting, you're not helping, you're not doing your bit around the house, you should be ashamed of yourselves. And it's not good for you in the long run because you're going to have a hard life. Laziness causes a hard life. Look at verse 11. Of Second Thessalonians, there. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. So the idle end up disorderly, busybodies. That's what happens. That's what happens when you're not doing much. Okay, turn back to First Timothy five. Well, I read Proverbs twelve eleven. Okay, Proverbs twelve eleven says, "He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding." So. If you till your land, if you work, you'll be satisfied with bread. So God wants you to work to be able to eat, yeah? yeah? Okay, like we said, that includes women doing their bit as well to help you to be able to work. Okay, so the Bible says that if we work, we'll have enough food for ourselves. Now look at 1 Timothy 5.8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. If you're not providing for your family, providing for... for there it's talking about, for example, widows. Adult children, adult young men, who, who's may, maybe, God forbid, your, your, your mother ends up widowed, you should be providing for us. Okay? Well, you are capable of providing for them. When you work as a man, I don't care if you're on minimum wage in this country, you work 72 hours a week, you can provide for more than yourself. You can downsize, you might not be able to drive a very nice car, you might not have the nicest clothes, but you can still provide for your house, you can provide for your family. If you don't, you're worse than an infidel. And for men, if you're not providing for your families, then you're worse than an infidel, the Bible says. Now, 1 Timothy 5.8, where it says that, it's talking about working men. But those in his own house, your children, your kids, if your kids, if you're fobbing your kids off with junk food that's cheap as chips, and you're eating the good stuff, maybe you're not then again, you're worse than an infidel. You're not providing for them. There are, like, just because it says food in the shops, just because it's in the supermarket, doesn't mean it's actually food. So if you're getting the, 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 the literal junk, the filth, and giving it to your kids so that you can have this or do that so you don't have to do as much work, so you can just get by on your 38 hour or whatever it is, you're worse than an infidel. You're not providing for them. You're not providing their needs. They need healthy food. Now, I'm not saying you have to buy everything organic and everything the most expensive road, but get something that at least is going to be good for them. Yeah, and if that means you have to work more, then so be it. Now, 
as men, it says also that we should be providing for others. Now, what about men that have wives, maybe don't have wives, single men? You're working. What are you doing with your money? Now, you can provide for the church, can't you? The church, is, the church should be doing good for society. Look at, look at Acts 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 33. This is Paul talking here. He's talking to the elders at Ephesus before he's leaving. He says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so labouring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Paul was leading by example, showing them to support the weak. So if you've got an abundance of money, you're working hard, help out the weak. Help the weak. And, and do things for them. If that, you know, and, and I'm not saying you've got to literally just any spare money you have, just throw it out. And, and by the way, that doesn't mean going and visiting some, some drug addict or, you know, or, or alcoholic on the street. Who, who a lot of the time, sadly, is choosing that. And, and the world, oh, we just want to help these people give them more money for drugs and alcohol. I'm not talking about that. Firstly, I need the gospel anyway, those people. But, but regardless, regardless, a lot of them, a lot of them, I know, I've thought about this a while. And, and uh, you know, when I was first saved, I was led a bit by, by the world and trying to, trying to go out to these homeless people. A lot of them are reprobates, by the way. A lot of them are. A lot of them don't even have a family or friend to stay with a lot of the time because they're reprobates. And because they've done some wicked stuff and they've been in jail for some wicked crimes as well. And not all, but a lot of them are drug addicts, alcoholics and other things. A lot of them have flats and things like that and they come out and it's a professional job. And, and I've seen that and I've known people that have done that. I know of them through other people that come and sit in places asking for money and then they go back to their free, free house or flat in the evening. Um, a lot of the time they're out of that place because they've been either selling or messing up the whole place with drug ad drug dealers coming in, selling, and then they get evicted by the council, then they're on the streets, and they all they want, <coughs> I've tried to offer these people food before, and they don't want it, they want the cash. They want the hard cash, because they want to go and get the next fix. So you ain't helping no one when you're just shoving money for them. But we should be looking to help people, help people around us, help our family, help friends, help people through the church. Um, and that's something we should be looking at doing. That's a bit different in this society because we have a benefit system here. So it's a little bit different. But still, there are still people that you can help. Um, so Paul's leading by example. Now, it's not just men. Like I said, wives and older children too. Now, wives need to help their children, not just, like I said, not just raising the kids. They need to help if, if uh, sorry, they need to help their husbands. If their husbands are going out and you want them to work and you want to be, you want to have some things in life, they need to work, and they need to be able to work hard. And it's not so easy to work hard when they're coming back, and then, like I said, becoming the help of the wife when they come home. And I'm not saying that necessarily goes on, but I know that that can go on. And again, I'm not saying men have no parental responsibility to do. We talked about that last week. They do. They should be instructing. They should be helping raise their children. But remember, get that priorities right. And maybe wives as well. If there is a problem with that, wives, if you really make an effort to love and support and help your husband, a lot of the time, your husband is probably more likely to try and help you and do things and want to take the burden off you if they see that you have a heavy burden. It's not a competition. And you should all just be looking to work hard, work hard. Um, okay, men working day and night. Like I said, it can include spiritual things, can't it, as well? So when, when, if you're, you're getting paid well at work, no, actually, I don't need to work 72 hours. I don't need to work a second job. I don't, I don't need extra money, and, and we shouldn't be chasing money, and things are going well, then spend that time, study the Word of God. That's a help to the church, that's a help to the people that you're going out to try and save, that's a help to your family, that's a help to those around you, that's a help to all those people you come in contact with that you can give the counsel of God to. So men, spend that time doing that. That's work. That is work as well. It's good work, but it's work. Um, okay, Turn to Proverbs 14. Proverbs chapter 14. This is off the book of Psalms near the middle of your Bible. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23. In all labour there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Okay, so all labour, and that includes wives, children, not necessarily receiving cash 
or, or money straight into your bank from the work, but there's profit in all labour. All work, all labour. Spiritual labour. Everything, there's profit in it. Now, the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Penury is extreme poverty, destitution. The people who are just talking, 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 they're not out grafting. They're talking maybe a good game. Maybe they're talking, maybe they're just nattering. Maybe they're gossiping. But that, that tends only to poverty, destitution. Um which is scarcity, dearth, inadequacy, insufficiency. Okay, so if you want to be successful, women, if you're spending your days gossiping, maybe it's WhatsApp messages all day or chatting on the phone all day, your husband's coming home, the place is a hellhole, now he's having to pay for a cleaner, the food, he's, got, he's having to buy food out for lunch, he's getting the same thing every day because... And I'm not saying sometimes they're busy season, but sometimes it's because the women aren't really grafting. They're not really working. They're not actually trying to help his day go better. Now he's, he's having to buy takeaways to get some variety because he's getting sick of the ham sandwich every day or whatever it is. Or, or, or maybe, like I said, it's getting the cleaner in. Or maybe it's because she's not doing anything with the kids. Now he, on the weekend as well, he's maybe got a day. Maybe he doesn't. He's at church. He's now trying to find time to go and entertain the kids because they're so sick and tired and bored of it because mum's sitting at home all day WhatsApp messaging. Or mum's sitting at home all day just looking at videos on YouTube or whatever it is. And, and, and all hard work, in all labour, where were we? 1423, in, in, in all labour there is profit. There is profit in all labour. Okay. Um, okay, like I said, that's no good that angle if the man's just lounging around all day if you've just got your feet up if every time you come back for work that's it that's my time i do nothing no that ain't that's not biblical that's there's no good in that at all no like i said there is there is a time to relax enjoy the fruit of your labor but but if you want your wives to work hard you need to set an example as well like paul did he set an example Amen. okay um okay turn to proverbs 6 oh we're in proverbs proverbs chapter 6 in verse 6, <coughs> go to the ant thou sluggard, from verse 6, chapter 6, 6. Go to the ant thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travelleth, and thy want as an armed man. You ever notice how lazy people are always so tired? I don't know, always so tired, so tired. They don't actually do anything. But here's the thing, when you get up early and you get in a routine, you get up and do stuff, you actually have a lot more energy. And when you're lying around, when you sleep too long, you're just tired all day. It's like you're just in sleep mode. You don't end up wanting to do anything. It's like you have a day off, I'm going to get so much done, I'm not going to set my alarm. Next thing you know, you get nothing done. Yes. Look, look, and notice here as well, in Proverbs 6, the ant, she, she, has no guide, overseer, or ruler. Okay. She just gets on with the graph without her husband cracking the whip, coming back going, didn't you do this? Couldn't you have done that? She, she goes, she just gets on and does it. And that's how we want to be. That's how as women especially we want to be. Interesting point, by the way, on that. Because uh, I, I raise this someone who claims to believe in science, yeah. You know that um, you know that, that they've only recently apparently found out that all worker ants are female. I don't know if anyone heard this this interesting fact before. Obviously, this was written what three and a half thousand years ago, or something. The Book of Proverbs, um, and it's only in the last fifty odd whatever it is. It's quite a recent discovery that that all worker ants are female, and obviously God, as usual, is way way ahead of our time. Uh, I, I told this to someone who claims to believe in science. Well, I'm, I'm too much of a scientist. I believe in science. And, and I said, so that's quite interesting, isn't it, considering the book of Proverbs was written, you know, X amount of time ago. Or was it, he said. <laughs> Which really was it? You know, and clearly, I don't think there's any doubt the book of Proverbs was written over 3,000 3, years ago. Or was it? <laughs> so you suggesting this was written in the last 50 years? Could be, yeah. Change the subject. <laughs> so, it's annoying because you kind of think, oh, I've got something to show you. They just, they're not interested. It's a spiritual thing. It's a rejection, isn't it? But you still get conned into thinking you're going to somehow persuade them with a scientific fact. But anyway. um, right. So, um, okay, turn to Proverbs 12. 
and there's loads of Proverbs on this. I only selected a few. Well, I, I read Proverbs 10.4. Proverbs 10.4 says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, for the hand of the diligent maketh rich. So he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. That's a lazy hand, isn't it? But the hand of the diligent, the hard work of the person who, who's, who's, who's uh, he, he's putting importance in working properly, make it rich. So it's a team effort. So if you want to have money, and of course your motivation shouldn't be riches. Proverbs 23, 4 says, labour not to be rich. But if you want to have things in life, you want to have some luxuries, then, then you, you, you all need to work hard. And like I said, it's, it's a team effort with families, especially here, but anyway. Um, and we can add heavenly rewards to that, can't we? Heavenly rewards. You want to be rich when you go to heaven, you need to work hard in this life. And you need to train yourself, like I said, to work hard. Um, and everyone needs to work hard. That includes kids as well. Um, and by the way, kids, we don't know. Like, a lot of people, like, you might have overheard, there's a lot of talk, isn't there, of, well, we're getting pretty close, aren't we? I mean, things are suddenly taking a massive leap towards one-world governments and, and cashless societies and everything else. It looks like we're getting close. You want some different rewards, you better get a move on because you might not even get a chance to get to the ripe old age that some of us have got to already to be able to earn those rewards. You better get, get earning some rewards quickly. We talked about that last week in, in, um, in the book of Corinthians. So if you want to know more about that, have a, actually, you're going to have to listen to some echo though because the sale was pretty bad, wasn't it, on the last, last sermon. But um, regardless, deal with it and listen to it because there are many ways you can earn rewards. Um, okay, so Proverbs 12. I got you to turn to, didn't I? Verse 24. The hand of the diligent, verse 24, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Now, you might be thinking, well, how, how slothful, how, how can you be under tribute? What, what about through loans? What about being under tribute through loans? Because you're constantly getting loans and credit cards and things because you're not working hard enough. And they're, they're, a, they're a trap, aren't they? I mean, I remember when I was 18, it's like the day I turned 18, I just started getting all this mail through going, we'd like to give you a credit card, we'd like to give you a loan, we'd like to give you a credit card. And that stuff is wicked. Because again, it just encodes, well, I'll just get this, I'll pay it back soon. You just kind of put it next year, next year, whatever else. And people just end up becoming lazy and slothful and not doing stuff. Um, loans or tribute. What about you'll be under tribute? So when you're lazy, maybe you're more likely to live for the rest of your life with a boss that's taking that cut of what you earn. You'll never get to that point where you're the boss or where maybe you can run your own business or whatever else. You're constantly having to pay a cut to your, to your employer. Um, hard work makes you progress in a company, doesn't it? And, and you know what? I've employed people before in, in my small business and, and some of you that have, that, that have been bosses or been supervisor, anything else, wow, isn't it terrible when you have a lazy person working for you? Oof. It, it, like, like, like Proverbs says, I think it says it's smoke to, is it as vinegar to the teeth? And I think smoke to the eyes or yeah. something along those lines. And so is a slugger to him that sent him, or the slothful, it's one of the two. It is, it's, it, it just grates on you, doesn't it? I've had people who you literally have to give an instruction every five minutes or they'll just stand there. And you've just given them a list of things you want them to do. In a garden, for example, you're doing a big landscaping job and five minutes later, they're like this. You know, what are you doing? Well, I did that bit. Okay, now do it's like, And it's just laziness. It's inherently, it's, it, they, they need it trained out of them. And, and it, it's terrible. We don't want people, but when you don't, when you're not like that, people see that. People love employing you. People want you. They want you to progress in their company. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday, my brother-in-law, who's telling me about the boss in their company, and everyone's just moaning, one of the supervisors, sorry, who is just lazy, does nothing. I think happened to have had two months off with COVID, but long before that and long after, uh, and he, he just doesn't do anything. And, and for, for them, for the whole job, their morale's low, people don't want to... Then other people, he said, half the workforce are lazy because they watch this guy, and, and it just catches doesn't it people see other people doing nothing they start doing no one if he can get away with it but it's not good for us we should be like that okay so if one other thing if you get promoted you get to a higher point you're earning more money well it's not just about the stuff because the stuff isn't really that important but again you get more time to spend on reading meditating on the word but helping your you know being part of your family raise your children okay Last point here. So number one was hard work leaves less time for sin. Number two, hard work benefits you and those around you. Number three, hard work pleases God. Okay, turn to Ephesians 6. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, yeah. with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. We should be working as unto Christ in everything, shouldn't we? So that's kids with your schoolwork, kids with your chores, wives at home. They, you know, uh, young ladies that aren't at home for whatever reasons, those at work, men at work. We should all be working as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord, and not to men. Now, just imagine the Lord Jesus Christ walked into our church now. He walked in here, and, and by the way, don't worry, I'm not saying about the, some sort of weird rapture where he comes quickly. and he's not, Anyway, but just say, just, just imagine, for whatever reason, he came into our church now, yeah, and he asked one of the men to fix something, maybe looked at something... Would you just do a slack job? But you would do your best job, wouldn't you? It's, it's Jesus. Or, or maybe ask one of your ladies to make him a cup of tea or something else. Would you just would you start sending a message in the middle and it comes out tepid? Or, or maybe you, you'd get distracted or may, may, maybe, maybe oh, just put in a, I'm putting in a little bit too much milk. Never mind, he can deal with it. No, you would make the best cup of tea that he asked for, wouldn't you? Or, or maybe you ask me or one of the other men to preach a message. Would you just, would we just write it, just thinking, well, you know, I'll just, just kind of end quickly now. I've done, I'm running out of time now. I've got things to do. I haven't got, you know, I don't want to stay up late finishing this off. I know I need a few more verses in there, but hey. No, you would do your utmost. You'd preach the best message you could, wouldn't you? And, and that's how we should be in everything. Everything we do, we should be working as unto God. That's what the Bible says. Not as men pleasers. Not, not, not so that people see you working, thinking... Oh yeah, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be our motivation. And it will be in many things. When you're at work and other things, you want people to see it done. It's not about that. Work as unto God. Turn to 2 Timothy 2. Romans 12 11 says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent is eager. We should be eager with everything we do. But 2 Timothy 2. <coughs> Okay, in verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, studying. Studying the word of God as a workman should and can be and is regularly hard work. Okay? It, it, when, you're, when you're really trying to, you, you don't just go, I don't know that, move on. You try and get to the bottom, you meditate on it, you try and look at different scripture, you're trying to go to verses that are going to help you understand something. It's hard work. I'll tell you what, studying for some of these, these sermons over the last few months and stuff, a lot of time that is, that's some hard graft, I tell you. And it's at the end of the day, in the evening, and you're tired, and your eyes are going, and you're studying, and it's hard. It's hard work. And it's great work, and it's so rewarding. But, it's, but we should be studying, show ourselves approved. We ought to be approved unto God. We ought to look at us and go, thou good and faithful servant. And say, and, and, and when you, it should just be a skim read. Oh, well, I've done my 10 minutes in the morning or whatever it is. I've done my 50, I've done my half hour, I've done my hour. Whatever you're reading, you skimmed over, you, your mind's been wandering and everything else. That's not studying to show thyself approved. Study means study. Comparing scripture with scripture, here a little, there a little. Line upon line, precept upon precept. That's studying the Word of God. And, and we should study to show ourselves approved. That pleases God. Psalm 1 2, 2 says that the, the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Okay? And, and meditating day and night, it's work, it's good work, it's enjoyable work. But day and night? That's something you need to be pushing yourself to do, training yourself to do. But that, then we're happy, then we're blessed. Then we're blessed. And, and, and it's for our own good. All this work, all this hard work, hard work with the verses, with the scriptures, with the study, hard work in our workplace, hard work at home, hard work at, in life. 
It's all for, for thy sake. It's good for us. And praise God that so much of it we can delight in. So much of it we can delight in. So, but, but all of it, all of it is for our own good. So number one, hard work leaves less time for sin. Number two, hard work benefits you and those around you. And number three, hard work pleases God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for your example. And we thank you that we, we have the ability to be busy, to be hard at work, because we need to be. We need to be grafting for you. We need to be just putting the, putting the hours in, putting the time in. And whatever we do, we should be doing it as unto you. Um, we thank you that you, you made it so clear in your word how we should be living, that not how the world encourages us to live, but how you want us to live, how you command us to live. Help us to do that going forward. Help us to do that this week. Help us to be busy, busy but fruitful, Lord, and to, to have you at the centre of everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.